What I do is inconsequential. Why I do what I do is I get to shorten people's journeys every day. What I love about our hospitality industry is that it's our mission to make people feel cared for while on their journeys. Together, we'll explore what hospitality means in the built environment, in business, and in our daily lives. I'm Dan Ryan, and this is Defining Hospitality. Today's guest is a designer whose signature style is a harmonious balance between dramatic, pop-inspired pieces and a refined classical style. Her boundless talent infuses into each project she takes on, resulting in design that delights her clients. At the end of the day, she's a designer who truly embodies what it means to create hospitable places. She's the lead designer, principal, and founder of AJC Design, the A, the J, and the C, Alicia Cannon. How are you, Alicia? I'm great. Thanks, Stan, for having me. Thank you for being had. Um, <laughs> so just to contextualize our talk right now, I've been on this recent road of talking to people from the beginning of my career journey, and uh, you're one of them because way back in the day, um, we were both in Los Angeles, or I might have been in San Francisco, and you were in Los Angeles, and you were working at Cheryl Rowley, and Cheryl was like some of the first projects I ever worked on when I started my first company. And um, it's just great to be able to be here with you. And also you've taught me a lot because I think you were like the OG LinkedIn boss that like really, I was like, wow, you really put something really cool together and gave me a little bit of FOMO. And then, but you also were awesome about it and like kind of coaching me and helping me understand what kind of a power LinkedIn can have. And this podcast has been great on getting off on its own, but LinkedIn has been an invaluable source. So in a way for the success of this podcast, um, I think that I could say thanks to you for helping, like show me some little ideas and, and how big this platform can be. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, well, you're welcome. Thank you. First off. <laughs> And I do actually remember that candid conversation. I think it was, I think it was like July or August of 2020 or maybe 2021. Mm -hmm. And you had called me and you were really in a like, what do I do? <laughs> Where do I go? Yes. <laughs> and I just remember being like, I think you're really great at this. Yeah. I think you should give it a shot. And I think we had told you. Um, about our strategy in the social media area. And, you know, we may be small, but we wanted to be mighty on the social media side. And LinkedIn was where we felt we could be really a useful, powerful, um, you know, creator. And uh, yeah, we've we've been doing really well on the LinkedIn platform. And, and obviously, you've been exploding, which is, and I'm so happy that I've gotten the opportunity to be a guest on your show. So thank you. You're very welcome. And just for, ever, for the record, everyone, and uh, I did look at her number of followers before we got on, and she's she's beating. <laughs> Probably not by much at this point. <laughs> I'm coming in hot. Um, but aside from that, I know like we're talking about social media and getting everything out. But like you're an awesome designer, uh, hospitality, multifamily, all the things. Um, and I'm all I always love talking to people who I started my journey off with and you were working in another company and took that entrepreneurial step and leap or leap. It's more of a leap, right? Mm -hmm. And then here you are. 
and here we are and you're working on great projects. You've got a really great team. Um, and it's just exciting to kind of be woven, have our stories kind of woven together, um, and our journeys woven together. So it's, it's, it's awesome. It's so thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's probably close to 20 years. We've known each other at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I think my journey in California was to 20 or 2003 to 2006. And, um, m most of that time I spent at Cheryl's. So, mm -hmm. and obviously Cheryl is one of the founding fathers, I feel, of hospitality, founding goddess of hospitality. So, um, I couldn't thank her enough for all the valuable tools and assets she gave me to learn about hospitality. And she was like a really good um, mentor in yeah. the industry. Incredible. So, and and actually, yeah. that's a great segue because I always ask like, and you teed it up perfectly, so maybe you should do this also. But like, how do you define hospitality? What does it mean to you? Well, I think for me, hospitality is an experience that is created intentionally with the guests' needs in mind. Um, in each hotel that we get to create is a blank canvas. And for me, I get to create these memorable moments, um, idyllic escapes, um, reassuring comforts away from home. And, and I get to use all of my creative, you know, fingertips to make this come together for bet for people and for guests. I mean, it's such an amazing, I would say, tool or I would say gift that I do have. It, it feels like I do have a gift. Mm. And there are obviously many of my, you know, contemporaries obviously have this gift, but I'm glad that I get to bring this gift, which is a passion of mine and something I knew I wanted to be from so long ago. So I get to see it come to fruition, which is amazing. I love it. And going back to like, original inspirations and like you said you're a goddess of inspiration as you look at your journey and think about kind of where you are now and recognizing this passion who was it and and it's awesome that you're you're rec recognizing it first of all it's awesome because many of us don't recognize it don't ev and don't evangelize it don't get out there and like talk about it and kind of tr and trying to impact others but what is it that um who are some of your mentors and how did they help you realize or, or get this passion out of you and so that you, you found your path? Um, I mean, obviously, Deborah, Deborah Gear, who I worked with at Cheryl's office, she was one of my first mentors and she just taught me a lot about structure um, and how to, how to really, she was, a, she was very structure oriented. She, she told me how to to put together a spec book from soup to nuts to how to put a matrix together. She really, she really knew how to do everything. And she was a really wonderful designer and she still is a, a, an amazing designer. Um, I also learned from Jody Harley who worked at Gensler. She was one of my first, um, uh, uh, mentors and she really helped me understand FF&E, um, from start to finish, you know, and how it, the process works and understanding everything from a design and narrative up to construction administration. And she really helped me understand all those parts of the process. Um, you know, even to working with uh, David Easton, who is obviously one of the masters and great architects um, who is now passed on. But David learning his um, neoclassical style and how he applies it and how, you know, working for someone who was such an incredible, talented architect and designer 
you know, taking his style and his his design aesthetic and implementing it into a hospitality application uh, wasn't the easiest at first, you know, because he is a residential designer. And, you know, my job as a hospitality designer was to help him recreate his reg- residential aesthetic into a hospitality quality. So when we were doing St. Regis's and multitudes of them um, during the 08, uh, 07, 08 time frame of um, this decade. So um, it was definitely hard. But, you know, learning from all of these greats really helped me understand, you know, their vision and, you know, how I want to adapt my own vision and what was important to me. Um, learning um, how they ran their their offices, mm. you know, and, and how everybody was a little different. Um, what it meant to be in a family um, smaller environment versus a larger environment like Gensler. So learning that um, all helped me hone my skills in so I could become an entrepreneur and uh, open my own studio and, you know, run it for the past 16 years. So I adapt the skills that I learned along the way and um, took what I felt would work for me. And, and I think that's how I decided to really go out on my own. can't believe it's been 16 years. Yeah, February. Good Lord. I know. I know. Wow. It's a long time. I'm still here. <laughs> still getting paid to do the thing I love to do. It's, this is amazing. It's, it's, it's really amazing. I, yeah. I, hearing Deborah yeah. Gear is amazing. A blast from the past. Totally. I was an intern <laughs> for her way back in the day. And she's, DG. she's amazing. Yeah, she's the best. And uh, yeah. I have a really great story about when I was an intern, which I'll save for another time. Involving her and Kathy Stein. So Kathy. Oh, wow. Kathy Stein. If you're yeah. listening, <laughs> we'll, we'll loop back on that one when we, when we stop recording. <laughs> it was a fun one. Um, I, um, Where was that at? Oh, at, at HBA in Los Angeles. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's so funny. Anyway, yeah. I, I, and I, I think that's what's also so wonderful in such a small world that we all operate and, and thrive in. Um, there's this ability to say these names and have these shared memories that are that are different, but it's it happens with such frequency. So I really feel like even though we are all doing different things and we've all kind of gone other places, we all share in this culture that we've built within this industry. And it's another cool thing, you know, I get a lot of great feedback from doing this, but my favorite channel are the are the kids who are in school or interns, or uh, they're just starting out on their path, and they, they listen to people like you or other guests, and they're like, oh, I didn't know I could do that. I met someone the other day. They're like, they said, oh, my gosh, I loved your podcast. You did a, an episode with yada, yada, yada. I didn't know I could work for a big company and work remote. And I was like, oh. But she, mm-hmm. she picked it up from me. I was like, wow, that's freaking amazing. So it's like yeah. leaving all these... Um, impacting all the you know, with all these little uh well li- little moments but because like they just happen but they they leave a really big impression for others yeah of course you know I, I, in fact when people uh like interns or because we often have a lot of interns that come through our office they always ask me like do you have any advice and, and i always say to them go work for a large firm a medium-sized firm a small firm find the culture you mm. like find the environment that feels good to you because you're in it to win it. You know, you're there to learn. You're there to be successful. 
and it's really important you understand what it's what you like because you're going to spend a lot of time there mm. and it's really important to understand you know the people that you want to be around the culture you want to be around you know it's so it's really important because they're so vastly different you know and and there's so much to learn from all different size firms you know well i don't i'd Some, also say like you, you were saying you want to learn about the culture you want to be around and the people you want to be around but i also find like ha having that broad experience you also learn about the people and cultures you don't want to be around right it, absolutely and that sometimes yeah. is more more valuable than the ones that you mm -hmm. do because the no like oh that that is something i don't want to do it really can change right. the trajectory and I, it, it's interesting because i was at this newh show out in um minneapolis this week and there were all these students from uh university of minnesota university of iowa and they were all walking through and, and one of them came up she was like you know i'm older than a lot of my colleagues i think she was 30 and she's like, do you have any advice for, for me as like, I get out there because, you know, I guess maybe she was feeling like she was a little bit behind the eight ball or behind, like, because she's starting late or finding her passion right. later. And I was like, sure. I was like, well, not really. It's awesome. You're, you're figuring this out now. Like most people never figure and it you out. Took and you, you took a leap. You took a leap of faith. Yes. Like, good for you. And then she's like, well, do you have any advice? And I, and I, so I was like, I don't know. I said, well, listen to this podcast, number one. It'll give you some great, <laughs> some great insights. But then I said, uh, collect no's. And she's like, what? Yeah. I was like, yeah. have people say no to you as much as possible. Because yeah. no is like, yeah, it can hurt sometimes. But if you collect them and you you relish them and look at the, look at the, all of the no's you get as gifts, they're also really informative because it means you're doing stuff. It means you're making, right. you're taking action. And have collecting no's or getting no said to yourself five times this week or fifteen times this week, it it means you're putting one step, one foot in front of the other, and, and forging right. your path forward. Right, exactly. I, I have like a great example of no. There was this firm that I really, and I'm not going to say, but there was this firm that I really wanted to work for when I moved back from LA to New York, and I have been watching them. I had been reading every wallpaper magazine about them. I was like so excited when I got on the interview. I had two interviews with them. I was sweating bullets on the second interview. I swear I like thought I was, I, I was like, they saw the, all the sweat stains underneath my, my red linen dress. And all I kept thinking is like, I'm not getting the job. I'm not getting the job. And I found out I didn't get the job. And it was devastated for like a week and a half. Like, and I was like, wait a second, after the second week, and I'm like, why am I devastated? I have five yeses that I just got from all these amazing, incredible firms that are way better than this actual firm. And I was like, why can't I just be blessed with the yeses and understand that the no just means my path is turning mm. and that's okay. And that my journey is not, you know, stopped right here. It's keep, it's going. Mm -hmm. It's just on a different path right now. And that's okay. And that it's going to lead me to what I need to ultimately be doing so or where I need to be. So I'm glad I got that no, but of course I was devastated, And but it just brought me on the right path to where I am now, and, and that's okay. It's interesting you say that because also this week I, I learned something else. I was with another friend of mine um, who was a college and professional athlete, and he I was talking about my son as, as he like gets really hard on himself if he doesn't perform well and on, yeah. on the field or at school, it's like, I suck, I suck, bro. Or, and it motivates him in a way, but 
my um and he doesn't suck he's really awesome so just in case you're listening theo <laughs> it's impressive and just keep on rocking um but um and i'm very proud of you <laughs> he, he's the one listener we have um but my friend who was the athlete he said you know it's interesting he was talking to some sports psychologist person or someone who'd seen a sports psychologist and this idea of in anything we do but using athletics like if you're playing tennis or taking a shot or whatever um you remember the bad ones right you remember the ones you miss or the things you weren't in the right spot but the sports psychologists apparently what they were saying is it's really important to remember the good ones because if you remember how you feel and what everything smelt like and what the lighting was like and what what the whole environment and moment was like as the good thing happened and you could re just remember that when you have the bad one and you can fall back to that really good place right, right. and and it's really important to start modeling that so theo just know that i just learned that this week and on the next drive to practice i'm going to be talking right. to you about it while you're looking at your phone not listening to me but i'm really <laughs> hopeful that it will sink in <laughs> it's all about the yeses <laughs> it is it's, it's all about the yeses and, and the positivity but also the no's are right. are, are, are really good um when you go back 16 and a half years ago, let's just say, um, what were some of the data points that helped give you the courage and the strength to take that leap? I think it was the validation from my dad. Mm. Yeah. When I, uh, uh, sorry, <laughs> he just passed away in March. So oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it all, yeah, it gets a little, whoo. But anyway, um, I remember uh, this valuable lesson that I got from one of the firms I was working at. Mm. And the lesson was, if they can do that to someone else who is your boss, they can do it to you. And it was a scenario where they were trying to promote me to my boss's position while my boss was still employed at the company. <laughs> and she happened to just... Um, be on vacation at the time, which I thought was really not the kindest way to approach the situation. However, anyway, they offered me the world. And I just remember um, getting back from this lunch where they just wined and dined me. And I got back and I was just like, they just offered me this amazing, incredible opportunity. But at the expense of someone who I respect and who is one of my mentors and I just kept remembering, like, this doesn't feel right. Mm. And I picked up the phone. I called my dad. I, like, escaped from work, grabbed my phone, and I said, this is just what happened. And he said to me, he goes, if they can do it to her, they can do it to you. Mm. And two days later, I resigned. And I said, you know, thank you for your time here. But, if, you know, I'm, I wrapped everything up with a bow and gave them ample, like, an ample amount of time before I left. But after that experience, I had said to myself, that's not the culture I want to be a part of. That's not, I may have one of some of the greatest projects in the world, but at the end of the day, that's not the type of environment I want to be around or the type of people I want to be around. And I'm ready to create that environment. And my dad said to me, I said, and, and mind you, at that point in time, I had been moonlighting on the weekends and had been saving money to go out on my own uh, a nut and I said to my dad you know I said I think I'm ready and he goes I wish I knew 
what you know now. At, he's like, I wish I didn't have kids at the age of, you know, 25. Otherwise, I would have went out on my own. And at that time, I was in my early 30s. And he goes, I wish I knew. He's like, I would have gone out on my own way back when. But he's like, this is a great opportunity for you. Mm. Do it. Wow. And I never looked back. Um, okay. So as you were telling that story, and thank you for sharing, because... Theo, you should listen to your dad, right? Because I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Always. No, I got, I, there's so many great, um, more incredible just dad moments that I have too, and he's not with me either. But um, what I picked up, and I heard you say this before in conversations, there's this idea of intentionality, right? In paving your own path. It's like being very intentional. And oftentimes in work and life, it's, we're, we're all so reactive right? We're, we're reacting to the needs of the clients, to the needs of stakeholders, family, health, like, but it's, it's really hard to be proactive and, and intentional. And I think that for many entrepreneurs, um, it's that intentional step. And, and you don't even have to be on, it's actually, there are a lot of other people that, that do this is where it's like, you're guarding your time, you're blocking your time, you're being very intentional with every moment. And I, I find it's hard to be intentional with every moment and it's something I struggle with, but how do you like really leverage that idea of intentionality in what you do on your journey? Well, I think, well, one of the reasons why I went also out on my own is there's definitely not enough travel time, you know, to explore and to be creative. And I think part of doing my job creatively is to see stuff and to see the world and I needed to intentionally block out time to see the world so I could be a better creator. And I feel that the the firms that I work with and, you know, there was, I remember one firm that when I interviewed with them, they said, you know, um, how do you, we frown upon, you know, anyone taking any vacation within the first year. And I was like, okay, peace out. This isn't for me, <laughs> you know, and I just knew that I needed in order to be a good creator and do what I need to do um, at for my client, I needed to see stuff and I needed to be well traveled. I needed to explore and I needed to allow my creative, you know, juices to really like, you know, open up. And the only way to do that was to get out and see stuff. So that was like a really important part of why I went out on my own. And, you know, I also wanted to be able to take my kid to school one day you know, and be able to pick her up and, you know, be very present in my daughter's life. Um, even that was before I had a kid, I knew I always wanted to be able to have a family and be able to have, you know, a business and be able to balance that by not being, being able to drop whatever I need to do and make sure my priorities were in check and in line. And that was in very, that was, that for me was very intentional way before I even, you know, like, had a you know a family mm. so and then on that just keeping with that intentionality frame because again going back to that whole you're you're like linkedin coaching or making me think just not realize like what is at the fingertips right i was just like playing around with it and you you yeah. built like it's really it's awesome it's not just like chatter. it's real um really impactful information that people can use on their journeys. So like when you look at starting and like you're when when you first start you're the you know you're the chef 
you're the cook or the cook, the, sh- the, the cook, the waiter and the bottle watcher, whatever that whole term is. So, mm-hmm. you know, you've made this leap. Um, what are, what were some of the really, I guess, most meaningful and intentional things you did as a, as a nascent business owner to get lift off and, and have success? Well, one was kind of establishing what my brand was about and I think what my ethos and all the things that were important to me. And, and one was to be more of a family-oriented brand, um, something where my clients were always going to be repeat client, clients. Um, my client, you know, the man I'm working with right now, I've known him for 11 years. We've done multiple projects together. Um, you know, I have other clients who... I've been, I still work with, but I mean, most of my clients are repeat clients. I think, you know, making sure I establish that rapport and that it's that at the end of the day, they always get me and that they know they can always turn to me. And, you know, it's becomes a very family oriented environment. And that's kind of how I've always cultivated my culture is by, is cultivated the right word? Yeah. I guess kind of cultivated my culture. Um, and, you know, that, that's just been really important to me. So family's been very important to me um, and making sure that it's all, you know, it's reciprocal. It's, you know, it's everlasting. It's longevity. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then. That was kind of a. No, I like that. So answer. <laughs> no, it, it's good because if I also think about things that I've heard you say over time, you know, there's this, you know, talk, I know like, in past conversations, you would talk about a script or a narrative or ideas like that. And again, if you're do, creating a narrative or creating a culture or or creating a writing a script, if you will, there's a real focus in getting that next word out and and defining where you're where you're going. So, what are ways that you keep that script fresh and and keep that culture? Um, true to what what your values are. I think uh, never being more than seven people in my office mm-hmm. that was really important to me. Um, you know, always being small but mighty. Um, that's always something that's been part of us. Where you know we always can compete about with the big people. There's no project that's too big for us. We've done tons of ground up. You know, we just opened the Harlem Renaissance project, which was an eight and a half year long project. You know, we've done everything from St. Regis to Ritz Carlton's. I've worked with every brand um, under the sun. I, I think no matter what, we can do anything. And I think it's just making sure that if something doesn't feel good, mm. it's probably not right. Or you know, as Justin Bateman said, I just listened to his podcast about this. Like, if you can't commit to it today, you're not going to commit to it in three months from now. So, you know, whatever you're going to say yes to today, make sure it really is something that you want and make sure it really is meaningful and that you're going to put all of your creative juices and passion into it. So, you know, commitment's also really important. So if it doesn't feel good, just walk away from it, you know, and we've done that multiple times. Like, it's not fitting for us. Um, so I think that those are the three powerful things that we kind of always circle back to, or I at least always circle back to. That idea of being small but mighty really resonates with me. And it's kind of come up a couple of times in these conversations where, you know, you start an entrepreneur, you want to grow, grow, grow and have this amazing, huge business and lots of people working. 
And hey, that can work out great. It can also turn into something that it's not what you wanted. Overhead sucks. Yeah. (laughs) Too much overhead sucks. (laughs) Yeah, it can. But there's also the idea of um, just being a, I, I think it's called Small Giants was this book I read a while ago. And I was like, oh my God, I really wish I read that in the beginning. But it was all about just being small and mighty, you know, and and I love how you you said it a couple times just in this conversation, just being family oriented. And I think as you were describing your career journey working for others, there were big ones and then there were more family ones. So and I've not I've actually not heard it described like small businesses described as family. So how did you come up with that? idea because in re- in reality it's not family but it it kind of is so like how did you pick that it one it is i mean all my ownerships uh the 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 people that i work with are um individuals uh who own a smaller portfolio um maybe multifamily maybe office and hotel um some mixed uh some some just hotel and then have gone off to multifamily cuz they wanted to sell their portfolio but they're not big, big guys out there. You wouldn't find them on Instagram. You're not going to find them on social media. You're not even going to find them sometimes on LinkedIn. <gasps> and if you Google them, you're not going to find them either. So they're kind of have their anonymity. And I kind of res- I respect that. Um, they just want to do good stuff, powerful stuff, make some money and do good work. And, you know, they're just, they're not in for the frills, mm. you know, um, and they value me, which I think is the most important thing is they value me and they have respect for me. Um, they aren't, they're just really good guys mm. and gals. And gals. So. Um, as you were talking about your David Easton experience, like doing all those Ritz Carltons in 07, 08, then the financial crisis, then, you know, there was a pandemic in case anyone remembers not too long yeah, ago and you're uh, going yeah. through that. Um, <laughs> And then as an entrepreneur, like what were some of those dark, well, I guess the David Eason was before as, as an entrepreneur, but you could, yeah. you could have even had that dark experience then too. But like, what were some uh, on your journey? What, where were some like really bleak places you were and Ooh. how did you find your way out? Uh, when you didn't have a, a project in the hopper and you just finished one, um, you know, when you're starting out, you, you're doing everything from, you know, from start to finish. And then all of a sudden you're like, I didn't, I was doing all this work and I didn't get another project in my hopper. Oh, sugar, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's part of the process of learning, right? You know, obviously you don't want to bite off more than you can chew. Um, bringing on two full projects is, is a lot. That means you have to bring on more people and you know, learning that process is like, how much can you actually afford and how much can you not afford? And, you know, what what does this look like? And you're working out of your house and it's like a lot of trial and error. You know, there was times where, you know, we had a client that was just like, yeah, I'm not going to pay you $5,000. And I'm like, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. You don't understand. This is my first year out on my own. You need to pay me, yes. you know, and, and until I got my ducks in a row and made sure my contract was ironclad and you know, did all those, you know, you know, got my lawyer and, 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 you know, had all those protective nets for myself, you know, obviously they come with time and, and going through this learning curve. But I think at the end of the day, it just was a learning process. Like I had to make all of these mistakes 
and go through it. But I think the hardest one was not making sure I didn't have a project in the hopper down the line or I wasn't business developing six months in advance to make sure I got that project, you know. And, you know, networking was really important to me. Um, And, you know, NEWH was incredibly valuable for me. I was on the board for NEWH for many years. That was like a great asset, um, learning who the the players were in the industry, just kind of getting out there, my name getting out there, getting, you know, in the industry. But I think there was just a lot of networking, hustling that you have to do in the beginning. And it was exhausting and tiring. And I know that these times that I don't do it as much now that I have a family and you know, things are harder, a little bit harder. But, um, you know, after COVID, you know, you just need to get out there and kind of hustle a little bit more. Now we can hustle a little bit more via the internet, <laughs> I guess, LinkedIn and, you know, and other other avenues. But uh, yeah, I would say is, is marketing yourself and getting yourself out there cool. and making sure you had business prepared. It's hard. And then- Doing it solo. Right. Okay. So then, so now you've been doing this for 16 years. You built this team. You built this family. Um, as you're looking forward, and I know it's very hard to see the future, but what's exciting you most as you look out there? Oh gosh, right now, I think it's just getting through this deadline. <laughs> I have a big deadline right now, and we have a new project starting. So I'm like just trying to get through this one spec package with, you know, this this deadline and then we have another one that's starting right on top of it. So I think it's like getting to the end of the year, planning my daughter's birthday, getting through Thanksgiving and Christmas, and then we move into our new offices. So yes, um our new offices are Jan one. So that's exciting. So we're finally we moved out of Harlem. We went into kind of a storage facility and now we were working remotely, obviously, as most of us were doing. Now we're back. We're getting back. Cool. So Where's your new office going to be? It's going to be in the Flatiron oh, on 25th and Broadway. Great area. So I'm sure. That's my old yeah, hood. Yeah. So um, excited about that. I think that's probably what I'm really looking forward to is like getting to an office and getting settled and kind of getting back to like shaking off the COVID, all the COVID stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and, and really being done with it and putting it in the past. <laughs> yeah. For once. Yeah, and yeah, it's nice. So. Like I'm just seeing so many more people go back into work, but I'm still seeing this hybrid thing, which again is where this podcast really fills in the gaps yeah. on everyone's yeah. kind of water cooler time or missed water cooler yeah. time. Yeah, I mean, I will listen to a podcast to and from work. I w- listen to a podcast at work all day long. I probably listen to like five co- mm-hmm. podcasts a day. Yeah, so that's good. It, it's well, I and you're podcasts. you're walking and you're riding in the subway, and it's just nice to yeah. have your fill up your brain. Um, yeah, of course. What's your biggest need right now? Need? Uh, wow. Um, well, we could use some interns. We could use a new junior designer or senior designer. Okay. <laughs> All apply, please. <laughs> but just stay less than or equal to seven. <laughs> exactly. Actually, just we just need probably two new roles uh, to fill. Mm-hmm. Um, we had some transitions this summer, but uh, yeah, we're yeah, we'll 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 find the right right fit, you know. Once we get settled into the new office, I think everything just works its way out. And I tend not to, to fear so much after my ayahuasca journey. So, <laughs> oh yeah, just let it let it all go and and <laughs> letting and it all go. Submit, you're you're exactly. there. Exactly, exactly. After the experience I had with that, I'm just ready to. 
I just had it. Uh, I just went on my journey in uh, August. Oh wow! So that's yeah. like pretty yeah. intense. Like it was. Wow, that's some big milestones this year. Um, yeah. Father passing away, ayahuasca, and new office. Yes, and my mom getting diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Oh. So. Yeah, just putting it all out there. <laughs> wow, release it. Yeah, releasing it. That's why I can't, I guess that's why I'm excited for the new office. It's going to be a new start and a new brand. We're actually, um, re- uh, our new branding will come out this year. So uh, actually, Jan, after after the new mm. year in a new release of a website. So uh, yeah, we're very excited. So Did you do the branding yourself? No, we use an outside okay. company. Yeah, a company here in New York. So Okay. Yeah, it's always I was talking to I was actually recently speaking with someone who has a branding company and oh, they're okay. like Yeah, we have we hired a branding company to help us with ours. And they're really good oh, at what yeah. they do. I was like, Why don't why don't you do it? And they're like, Well, do you like talking about yourself? And I was like, No, no. it's the hardest thing. It's so hard. I know. They're like, What do you how do you describe yourself? Or the questions were how do you describe yourself? What kind of car could you? And we obviously have a team. Like we have a whole branding and social media, like part of AJC. And everyone was saying these things. And I'm like, is that what you think about me? Is, wait, wait, that's the kind of car you think I would drive? Oh, I got like, without that, I was insecure. I was like, oh. Wait, what oh, kind of car okay. are you? Now I want to know. <laughs> well, I don't drive this car, but uh, they, one of the girls was like, I see you in a white Range Rover. I'm like, oh, oh. that's been on my vision board for a while. <laughs> But no, that's not the car I drive right now. Okay. Well, that's it. So yeah, again, that's being intentional, releasing, and then uh, taking that next step out. Yeah. We're excited for it. I, I think it's going to be a great, we're excited for the new year. Mm-hmm. So so ready to kind of wrap this year up and put button it up and put it behind us and just move forward. No fear. Awesome. Um, yeah. Hey, when you, when you bring on new people onto your team, uh, into your family, if you will, um, how do you, what, like, what are ways that you indoctrinate them or b- onboard them into those values? For, I guess first you have to, you have to find them and screen them, but like, what are, what are things that you do to like actual actions to bring, to bring them in? Well, what I used to do before my HR came on was very different. <laughs> Now that I know I'm not supposed to X, Y, and Z, I keep my mouth shut and I have a, a whole uh, list of questions that I do ask. Um, I do ask them a lot about their culture and what their expectation on the culture is. And, you know, I'm very transparent um, about who I am as, you know, the principal. And uh, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'll say this, I, I'm not going to sit behind you and tell you what to do. I need you to be uh, a forward thinker. I need you to be someone that's going to think outside of the box. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not going to be your micromanager. And um, so I really need someone to kind of clone my head somehow. And what are, what are some of those ways that you get all <laughs> of your learnings out of your head and into the heads of others? I train them. I do do, I, I do pretty like aggressive training in the beginning, um, especially with, the younger designers mm-hmm. because, you know, in school they're not, you know, versed in the language. You know, part of the problem is they don't have the tools and they don't know where to go and they don't know what the language is. So I try to be helpful and help them understand how to write a spec, what's in the body of a spec, like what's the language that goes into a specification. Mm-hmm. Um, because if they don't know that information, you know, they're never 
they're never going to be a great designer. Like they really do need to learn the small, the, the really important things. And the language of interior design is one of them. And, uh, you know, I help them get that dictionary underneath their belt to start. And um, I think that's like one of the most valuable things I bring to the table is I really do help them in those, especially the junior level, like the, the, the small, like how to do a matrix. Like what does a matrix look like? What's a budget look like? You know, um, I kind of go through it with them. I try not to have someone else teach it. I try to go through the, the basics with them and, and help help them down the road. And a lot of times they're applying what they're learning here, you know, in AJC at school as well. So, um, you know, so they're getting, they're getting a win-win, you know, no matter what. So. Anytime with Alicia is a win. <laughs> I say the same for you, Dan. Oh, don't make me blush. <laughs> um, so, if you were to go back to when you were like starting your journey, because your first, where was your first hospitality job? Gensler. It was Gensler. Well, uh, no, no, no. Mason Contract. Oh, wow. Do you know Charlie Grady? Yes. Okay. So Charlie and I, and do you know Chuck Greenspan? Nope. No, Chuck works at Hayful now. Um, and- Lenny Horowitz Lenny. was the owner of Mace, Lenny Horowitz. He used to own Mason Contract Products, which was, oh my gosh, gosh, Steve Walkler, from, who used to be with Amatex. Mm -hmm. I'm really calling it back. Uh, Mason was in Glendale, which is Queens, mm -hmm. I guess, Glendale. And they produced mattresses, but they also had an interior designer, a design department. And the woman I work for, Gloria, we used to call her the Stella, rest in peace, Gloria, the Stella Dora Queen. And any of the guys I just mentioned will tell you stories all the time about it. We designed three-star um, hotels. Wow. Stella Dora, and like the breadsticks. The breadsticks. Okay. She would eat Stella Dora, like breadsticks, the cookies, the biscuits, the whole thing. Oh. She would have Stella Dora all what day long. character. And I just went in there and I did mood boards all day long. Wonderful. And I met with all the, the vendors and stuff like that. So that was probably my sophomore year mm. when I was at Pratt. So yeah, if you were to so. magically appear in front of yourself there, what, what advice does the Alicia that I'm talking to now have for her younger self eating Stelladora breadsticks? <laughs> network. Never lose. It network a lot. Like all these guys that I knew back then, I mean, I was like 19, mm. you know, and, you know, I still know them to this day, you know, like we reminisce. I think it's also the never burning your bridge and the industry. If you love hospitality, which I knew I loved hospitality, uh, I think, it, you know, it's a small industry. So, yeah. you know, don't burn your bridge and, you know, just whoever you knew back then could be peer at your door the next day. Totally. So, yeah. And they could be your boss and they could own, you know, you know, a hotel. You never know. Yeah, I'm so happy. So. Like I, I see Charlie Grady at the shows or if i'm ever down in florida yeah. i'll see him down there and he's one of those people that every time yeah. i see him i just can't not smile right you know what i, I mean? know ear to ear yes oh, i was uh, just talking about him the other Charlie, day i hope you're Lori. listening i'm gonna send I this hope to so you too totally he's the best he's the best i knew him when like he was owning liquor stores i think his family was owning liquor stores and then he went to work at mason and wow he didn't even have kids now his kids i think are college oh it's funny wow. crazy i know wow it's wild this has been uh a really awesome walk down memory memory lane with you alicia um i know if people wanted to learn more or connect or 
whatever, what's the best way for them to do that with you? Uh, you could definitely go to our website, um, ajcdesign.com. You can reach out to us on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. AJC Design, or Instagram at AJC underscore design. Awesome. Hey, this has been a long time coming, and I'm so glad yeah. we got to do this. Um, I'm so happy. Yes, thank you. And now I want to learn more about your journey, so we'll do that offline. Okay, and, uh, sounds perfect. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Yes, thank you. I'm glad we got to do this. Yeah. It was fun. And then also thank you all to all the listeners. Without you, we wouldn't be here with Alicia. Um, so please, if this changed your idea on your journey or hospitality or anything, please pass it along because we keep growing by word of mouth. And Alicia's going to give me some more hacks on how to do it on LinkedIn. So uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you all.